Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. As a staff at Victory, we went bowling a few months back. We'd been working hard and we just wanted to spend a little bit of time together, just do something a little bit different. And so we all went out bowling. And it was a fun afternoon. We, uh, we got there. There were some platters of food. That was great. It was all fun. We are all just sitting around, just joking with one another. But who knows, we've got some competitive people <laughs> on staff. And so we start chatting and everything is good. But then all of a sudden, the, the talk turns to... Uh, so, Bold before? Ah, you know, once or twice. Okay. You good at it? Eh, not really. And so as we're trying to sort out this pecking order in our minds of where the competition is, inevitably the conversation turns to trash talk. Now, let me say from the outset... The trash talk was completely unjustified. No one cracked 150. Some people didn't crack 100. And as I was telling Crystal during the week about what I was going to preach on, she said, oh, you must tell everyone I won. I said, Crystal, if you want to be the winner of that, go your hardest. So the talk is going, the trash talk is flowing and inevitably there's the offer of, hey, do you want the bumpers up? It might help. Now right then and there you've got to think, well hang on a sec, why is having the bumpers up actually an insult? And the answer is, well first of all it speaks to skill level. You need something else to help you stay out of the gutter. The second thing it talks to is maturity. The bumpers are for kids. And right then and there, I felt God say to me, you know what? There are too many Christians living with the bumpers up. Now, I've got to be honest. At that moment, I went, what? I, I, I don't get that, God. Now, when I say I felt God say to me, what I mean is, is that I had a thought that wasn't my thought. It was a thought that was smarter than my thoughts. It was a thought that I wasn't trying to have. But nonetheless, I had this thought. Many Christians are trying to live with the bumpers up. And so over the next few weeks, God and I are having this conversation about what does that actually even mean? And at one point I felt God say to me, you know what? When the bumpers are up, you can bowl however you want. You can stand at the front of the lane, you can shut your eyes and you can bowl. And the bumpers will take the ball to the pins. You know what? You can bowl under your leg if you want to. And the bumpers will take the ball to the pins. 
If you want to, you can put your back to the pins and bowl underneath. And the bumpers will take the ball. If, if you want to, and if you really want to incur the wrath of the owner, you can bowl overarm. <laughs> and the bumpers will take the ball to the pin. And what I felt God say to me was that there are too many Christians doing their own thing, making their own decisions, doing whatever they want, and expecting God to straighten the ball out and take it to the pins. And at that point, I went, oh, ouch. I've lived like that. God, I know there are times in my life where I've done exactly that. I've done whatever I've wanted to do and expected you to come through for me. And again, I felt God say to me, yes, you have. But there were points in your life where you were low and I needed to show you mercy. But again, there are too many Christians living their life relying on the bumpers to be there. And again, I felt God say to me, we need to move. We need to graduate from bumpers to boundaries. What do I mean by that? See, a boundary is an invisible line that you put in place, allowing for a safety margin before disaster. When you go bowling, you've got the gutters, you've got the lane. How much of a safety margin you need determines where you put the ball. For those who are experienced bowlers, they may not need a safety margin as big as those who are inexperienced bowlers. And so for experienced bowlers, they're happier to bowl closer to the gutter because they have the skill. For inexperienced bowlers, where do we bowl? Straight up the middle. Well, that's what we try to do anyway. Why? Because we want a bigger safety margin to stop us from going into the gutter. Now, the safety margin that you leave is very dependent on the individual. See, my wife and I have very different safety margins, very different boundaries when it comes to driving. <laughs> I am comfortable with less of a safety margin between me and the car ahead. My wife calls that tailgating. I call it, no, it's just a tighter boundary. So that means that when my wife and I are driving in the car together, there are times when she becomes a nervous passenger as we come up to the car. Anyone else out there have this... Uh, Conversation, conversation in the car. When Kathy and I are driving, if I respond well to her nervousness, I slow down a bit, create a bit more gap, the tension in the car dissipates. If I respond poorly in that moment, it usually looks like, stop backseat driving. 
We haven't had an accident. I'm fine. And my wife looks at me and says, I am not comfortable. And I end up slowing down and creating more margin anyway. You think I would have learnt by now, right? So the boundaries that we have in place are there because of our safety margin. And God wants us to move from bumpers to boundaries. Why? Because in the first place, bumpers don't exist in real life. I've just had Tim Scott drive me from our campus at West to here. I'm very glad that he didn't drive like there were bumpers. Imagine the damage on the vehicles. The bumpers don't exist in real life. And the second reason why we need to move from bumpers to boundaries is that it's actually maturity. God wants us to grow up. God wants us to mature. God wants us to be more like Jesus. And Jesus himself had boundaries. When you read the scriptures, you'll see that Jesus, when he was here on earth, experienced the same limitations that we experience. And so he put boundaries in place to manage those limitations. Jesus took time out to eat. We read in scripture that he sat down and ate with his disciples. He went to Mary and Martha's house and sat down and ate. And in this fast-paced world in which we live in, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we grab and go. Sometimes we eat lunch at our desk. But one of the boundaries that Jesus put in place was to eat with the people. Jesus put boundaries in around his sleeping patterns. We actually see Jesus asleep in a boat in the middle of a storm. There's a good boundary to be able to have. Scripture says that Jesus withdrew. In Luke 5.16, it says he often withdrew to pray. So he wasn't always there with the people. He had boundaries in place so that he could spend time with God alone. Do you know what? Jesus actually had boundaries around who he helped and who he healed. Have you noticed that Jesus actually didn't heal everyone? I would. If I was God brought to earth, I'd like to be able to just heal everyone. Everyone can experience full health. But not Jesus. When Jesus went to his hometown in Bethlehem, it says that he couldn't perform any miracles because of the lack of faith of the people that were there. In Acts chapter 3, we read of Peter and John who healed a lame man at the temple gate called Beautiful. The man was lame from birth and had always been at that gate which meant that Jesus would have passed by him many times going to the temple and yet didn't heal him. Jesus had boundaries in place. Why wouldn't Jesus heal that man? Look, to be honest with you, I don't know. Jesus did say that he only ever did what he saw his father doing. 
So maybe for whatever reason, the father said no. Maybe it was there specifically so that Peter and John got the opportunity to heal him later in the scriptures. But Jesus himself put boundaries in place. And in us becoming more like Jesus, we need to put boundaries in place as well. Why? Why do we need boundaries? Well, first of all, because boundaries bring freedom. It's almost counterintuitive. It's almost like, how does that happen? Because when we think of a boundary, we think of a limitation. We think that a boundary is put in place to restrict us from doing things. But it's actually the reverse that is true. Where there is no boundary, there is chaos. But boundaries bring freedom. When I was first learning to drive, I was 12 years old on our farm in Pinaroo. I'd been riding motorcycles since I was eight. I had experience with what I was doing. When I first learned to drive, my dad put me in the passenger seat and took me into a paddock. I'd been in that paddock many times before. I knew how long it was. I knew where it was. I knew where the hill was. I knew the paddock. I knew where the fence lines were. As dad drove me around the paddock, what he did was create a boundary, 30 metres or so, inside the fence line. And what he said to me is, anywhere inside that boundary, do whatever you want. So I did. <laughs> My dad created a space of freedom for me to be able to drive and do whatever I wanted in that car by creating a boundary. He did have to put a few more boundaries in place after that, once I got a little bit more confident. But initially, here's the boundary, do whatever you want on the inside of that boundary. How about with our finances? Last week, Pastor Tony preached a brilliant message on actual wage. It's available on podcasts and I'd encourage you, get that message because it's really helpful. One of the things he said is that you need to get a budget and you need to stick to your budget. And the question is why? Why do you need to get a budget or stick to a budget? Because your budget puts boundaries around your finances. Tony went on to say that, you know what, if he was to look at your credit card, your credit card shows your priorities and your passions. By looking at what you spend money on, your hard-earned cash, we can see what you value most. I absolutely 100% agree with that. But I'd actually even go a step further because not only does your credit card show your priorities and passions, it also shows your boundaries. You see, in July 2018, so only a few months ago, according to the Australian Securities and Investments Commission, 70.2% of Australians have a credit card. Okay. Fair enough. Australia's credit card debt is $45 billion, of which 
billion dollars is accruing interest at 17% or thereabouts. Let me put it a different way. Just over 70% of Australians have a credit card. Just over 70% of those people aren't paying their credit cards off. And in actual fact, the study goes on to say that one in six consumers is struggling under a mountain of credit card debt that might never be repaid. Are we free to do whatever we want and buy whatever we want? Yep. What are we doing with that freedom? Putting ourselves in bondage. We're taking one freedom and trading it off against another freedom. And the boundaries are there not only to set us free, but to keep us free. Jesus came to set us free and the boundaries that we put in place are going to keep us free. Now, in a room of this size, there's very likely people that are experiencing this right now, crippling credit card debt. To you, there's no accusation. There's no condemnation. We're not pointing a finger. In fact, we want to help. And so we're going to be running some courses, some finance courses, because we want to be able to help people that find themselves in this position. So if you are in this position, can I encourage you, speak to one of our leaders, get the information back to us, because if we've got enough people, then we will be running courses specifically into this area. In Galatians 5, verse 13 to 15 in the message, it says, it is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. It's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you'll be annihilating one another. And where will your precious freedom be then? Freedom is precious. And doing whatever we want to do destroys that freedom. So let's use our freedom to serve one another, to help one another. Let's use our freedom to have boundaries in place so that we can help. The second thing that boundaries bring is that boundaries bring protection. We're all very, very familiar with the boundaries that we have around our physical possessions. We make sure that we lock the door at night. When you came to church and left your car in the car park, you locked it, right? Some of you have gone yes and some of you have gone, did you? <laughs> your cash, your cards, your identification, it's all close by, right? We're used to putting boundaries around our physical possessions for protection. My dad, when he took me around that paddock, 
He set a boundary so that I was free to do whatever I wanted inside. But he set a boundary for my protection as well so that I wouldn't go through a fence. Because he knew that if I went through a fence, he'd be fixing both the fence and the car. The boundaries are there for our protection. How do they protect? Well, they empower you to say no. Say it with me. No. Say it like you mean it. No. You see, the boundaries are there to help you say no. No is powerful. A strong no to the things of this world allows you to give a yes to the things of God. And it's only a strong no that allows you to do that. Without a strong no, we end up saying yes to the wrong things. And when we say yes to the wrong things, it often leads to regret and busyness. And that often leads to effective, sorry, ineffectiveness. How many of you have ever said yes to a social engagement that you didn't really want to go to? And so you then spend a week thinking about all the excuses you can use to come up with to get out of the thing that you said yes to. All that energy, effort doesn't need to be spent if we said no the first time. We need to have a strong no. Sometimes even to good things, to protect God things in our life. I have to fight for a quiet time in the morning because my eight-year-old son, whom I love dearly, always chooses to be up at five o'clock in the morning. I have no idea why that's his body clock, but it is. There's no alarm clock in his room. He just gets up at five o'clock, which means when I get up wanting to have a quiet time with God to read, to pray, he's there. And so I have to fight to stop a good thing, my son, getting in way of a God thing, my time with him. And it's only the boundaries that we have in place that allow us to do that. You see, I believe that every blessing that God has given you needs to have boundaries around it. If you don't have boundaries around your blessings, they will be mismanaged and they will be taken advantage of. What blessings am I speaking about? How about your time? Our time is probably our most valuable commodity. And in actual fact, in Job 14, it says our days are numbered. In Matthew 6, it says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? The boundaries that we put around our time determine how effective we're going to be. Have you ever found yourself wishing for more time? Have you ever found yourself just wishing for another one of you so that you could get everything else done? I've done both. And usually in my life, when I find myself in that spot, it's because my priorities aren't lining up with God's priorities. And when my priorities get on the same page as God's priorities, I usually have enough time to do what he's calling me to do. 
But when I say yes to things that aren't God's priorities, that's where I feel the time crunch. And so the boundaries that we put around our time are super important. How about boundaries around our talent? In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. You know what? You are God's gift. 100%, absolutely, you are God's gift. God has given you gifts and talents different to everyone else. And you are God's gift to come and to serve. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, you are God's gift. Like you mean it. Now turn to your second choice because they're God's gift too. God has given us each different gifts and talents. Why? To serve one another. So that together we can represent the full body of Christ as we come together, as we work with each other, as we help each other. You see, often we use our gifts and our talents to serve ourselves or to serve our boss. And that's not wrong. But if we don't put boundaries around it, what usually drops off is serve one another. People can recognise the gift that is on you and they will use it for their benefit. Scripture says we're to use the gifts that God has given us to benefit each other as we serve one another. How about boundaries around your treasure? You see, there's a saying that a fool and his money are soon parted. And I agree with that saying. Unfortunately, I don't think it just applies to fools. I think all of us at times have spending that is looser than it should be. Just think for a moment. If you had $100 cash in your pocket and it went missing, what would you do to find that cash? The cushions would be off the lounge, right? You'd be asking anyone else that was in the house, have you seen it? You'd be going to your husband or wife, your partner going, hey, did you take my money? The seat in the car would be backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. The centre console would be checked. The glove box would be checked. We would do, we would rip our house apart, most of us, to find that $100. And yet I think for many of us, we're losing hundreds of dollars by not having boundaries in place. How much food goes from your refrigerator into the bin? Money, gone. How much money has gone in extra utilities because we left the heater on one night and it was burning? How much money has gone because we bought things at the high price rather than 
manage it to try and buy at the low price. I think that if we were to put stronger boundaries around our treasure, we would actually find the money that we're missing. For us in the Bennett household, this is how we do heart for the house. When I look at at the money that we have and our finances, it's not like I can find the extra spare money to give to heart for the house. If you're like me, there is no such thing as extra spare money. And then heart for the house comes around and you go, well, I'd like to give, but there's nothing spare. And that's true. But it's also true with some stronger boundaries around the treasure that God has given. We can find that extra money to be able to give. The third thing that boundaries bring, boundaries bring correction. When you go bowling, whatever happens on that first ball, you have an immediate opportunity to adjust and try again. You can correct. You know what? Just like bowling, sometimes our lives end up in the gutter. And when they do, it's more important about how we respond in those moments, how quickly we correct, how quickly we adjust to get back out. One of the most common areas that we think of when we start talking about boundaries bringing correction is with kids, with our parenting. You know, I remember growing up crossing some boundary lines and I remember feeling the weight of crossing those boundary lines at times. More recently, there's been a rise of parenting without boundaries. And in his book, Making Children Mind Without Losing Yours. How's that for a title? Making Children Mind Without Losing Yours. Dr. Kevin Lehman writes, the permissive parent essentially says, oh, do your own thing. Whatever you want is okay. My years of counselling parents and children have shown me that in a permissive environment, kids rebel. They rebel because they feel anger and hatred toward their parents for lack of guidelines and limit setting. Children need boundaries. I would say it's no different as adults. I would say that when we don't have boundaries in place, rebellion rises inside of us. And so by making sure that we have boundaries around our blessings, we can stop that rebellion from trying to rise up. Hebrews 12, 11, No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Who wants a peaceful harvest of right living? I do. How does it come? Through correction. I wish it came through different ways. I wish I could tell you that, hey, look, just do these three things and a peaceful harvest of right living would come. But a peaceful harvest of right living comes 
through correction. So if that's what boundaries bring, I guess we just need to work out, well, how do we actually go about setting these boundaries in the first place? The first thing I would say in setting a boundary, start with God. See, the natural thing that we want to do is start with us. Oh, I want this to happen, so I'll put a boundary in place. No, no, no. Start with God. Because God's given us his word. He's given us the Bible. And the Bible is a standard by which we are to live. And you can't set a boundary without having a standard first. Go back to bowling. The boundary needs to have the safety margin on the inside of the gutter. The gutter's got to come first. Then you set your boundary appropriately. If you don't look at where the gutter is, you can set the boundary wherever you like. You could set your boundary five lanes over. But it's not going to be helpful. So in setting a boundary, start with God. He's given us a standard. The second thing I would say in starting with God, then look at the call that God has on your life. Because the call may change where you need to put that boundary. And then consider others within that. What do I mean? In Romans 14, 13, it says, so let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. Let me give you a specific example. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine. There's the standard. Where does the boundary go? Well, that depends on how much safety margin you need. For some people, alcohol is a problem. And so some people need a greater safety margin. And so their boundaries are going to be a lot tighter. For some people, alcohol isn't a problem. And so they can get closer to the edge and that not be a problem. And that's okay. But what happens when someone who has a problem with alcohol comes over to someone else's house who doesn't have a problem with alcohol? See, all of a sudden, the boundary needs to change because we don't want to cause our brother to stumble. It comes down to start with God, get his standard. Then start with the call that he's put on your life and then consider others as they come along the journey as well. The second thing I would say, acknowledge the present. For each of us, there will be areas where we have strong boundaries in our lives, but there will also be areas where we have weak boundaries in our lives. And there will be some areas where there are no boundaries in our lives. Do a stock take and acknowledge where you're at because God can only meet you where you are at. God can't meet you where you project that you want to be. God can't meet you where you wish you were because you're not there. God can only meet you where you are currently at. And so acknowledge where you're at 
and ask God to come and help. And the third thing in setting boundaries, invest for the future. The boundaries that you set today will become the future that you have tomorrow. I've got three kids. Each of them have jobs to do around the home. They have a boundary. Why? Because I want to get things done around the home? Well, yes, partly. But that's not the main reason. In about 10 years' time, those kids are going to be leaving home. And I want to make sure that when they leave home that they can cook for themselves, that they can clean for themselves, that they can budget for themselves. I want to make sure that my children can function well in society. So I need to invest for the future. Do you know what? At home it would be a whole lot easier if I just ignored those boundaries at times. But for the sake of my kids, I need them to do that. In conclusion, and as the rest of the band comes, God is committed to our maturity. He wants us to grow up. He wants us to become more Christ-like. He's calling us to leave the bumpers behind and embrace the process of setting and maintaining boundaries for ourselves. If we embrace his process, we will discover the same thing that David did in Psalm 16. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 